When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to The Late Show. I am your host, Stephen Colbert, and I just want to start off by saying a happy Friday to you all in here and out there. I'm thrilled you could join us here at the Ed Sullivan Theater in New York, New York, the big city of dreams. I just hope you're ready for this weekend because a major winter storm is set to slam the Northeast tomorrow, dropping up to 20 inches of snow, which you won't notice because it's happening outside. (laughs) But... Southern Florida saw our winter storm and said, hold my beer and don't touch my meth. Because (laughs) recently, a weather warning was issued for raining reptiles as iguanas start falling from sky in Florida. That's right, from the people who brought you Sharknado, it's lizard blizzard. (laughs) What's happening is... What's happening is the same weather system up here is causing temperatures in Florida to plummet, and iguanas often sleep in trees during colder weather conditions so they can end up falling from branches when they enter a dormant state and potentially land on unsuspecting passersby. (laughs) Of course they're unsuspecting. (laughs) There's a word for people who walk around and expect to be pummeled by falling iguanas, (laughs) and that word is insane. (laughs) By the way, don't worry too much about the iguanas. As one Florida meteorologist explained, they are not dead. Don't approach. Once the sun is out, they will move. (laughs) So same rules apply to frozen iguanas as apply to grandma in her easy chair. (laughs) Don't touch her. She'll wake up when the sun hits her. (laughs) There's bad news. Grandma! (laughs) Also in Florida. Ah, also in Florida. Ooh, there's bad news for anybody heavily invested in number two pencils. The College Board just announced the SAT will go completely digital by 2024. I gotta say, as a person who took the SAT on paper in the 80s, that makes me feel old. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, No, I mean, uh, that makes me feel antediluvian. (laughs) One rep. One representative of the College Board said the digital SAT will be easier to take, easier to give, and more relevant. Yes, being relevant is key. It explains this sample question. West Elm Caleb can shoot at least 12 TikToks per hour unless a Karen calls a manager on him. If he were to also spend three hours Twitch streaming a Breath of the Wild speedrun, who is Pete Davidson's current girlfriend? The answer... The answer... The answer is D, all of the above. (laughs) Fans of sport and or spangly spandex outfits have something to look forward to because we are just one week away from the opening of the 2022 Olympic Games. And I'll give you all the latest in my gold medal-worthy segment, Winter is Coming, 
The Road to the Olympics, brought to you by CBS, the official network of not airing the Olympics. We're not doing it. No. Refuse. This year, the Olympics will be held in uh, Beijing, China, a country with a history of cracking down on basic human rights. In response, the U.S. has already announced that we will not send government officials to the Games. That's too bad. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen really shreds on the half-pipe. <laughs> it's not the only snag for these Olympics. There seems to be some mixed signals on the subject of athletes mixing because Beijing Olympics organizers are making condoms available, but athletes are instructed to minimize physical interactions such as hugs, high-fives, and handshakes. <laughs> Wait, they're giving out condoms but saying you can't high-five? Come on, that's the best part of having sex. You know, great job. Teamwork. What are the athletes supposed to do? What are they supposed to do? I don't know. What are they supposed to do afterwards? Lay there not high-fiving? Fist bump is so impersonal and thumb wrestling just takes too long. It's not exactly clear when athletes will get this protection, though. Organizers said, quote, all Olympic-related units will provide appropriate quantities of condoms for free at the appropriate time. First of all, let's acknowledge that Olympic-related unit is a pretty good euphemism for penis. <laughs> Secondly, condoms will be provided at the appropriate time? Who determines that time? And the condom handoff is complete, and they're moving from the triple lutz to the reverse cowgirl. Can they stick the landing? And they did it! Amazing dismount. Amazing. The rush, even the Russian judge is gonna give them a 10. <laughs> Don't worry about Beijing's uh, famous smog problem, because behind the scenes, the Chinese government is working hard to control the weather. Yes, because weather control machine is something you always associate with the good guys. They're also going to hold the opening ceremonies in a remote volcano lair with a performance of synchronized henchmen in a shark moat. <laughs> These weather machines will help fix a small problem for the events held on snow. There's no snow. These games will be the first to use 100% artificial snow. By deploying more than 100 snow generators and 300 snowmaking guns and 49 million gallons of chemically treated water. Perfect for anyone who's ever peered into the deep blue sloshing contents of a Greyhound toilet and said, I wish I could do sports on that. <laughs> oh, wait, what's that? What is... What is... What is... What is that sound I'm not hearing in my fake earpiece in my deaf ear? That means we've got an update on a recent story when we told you about anti-vax leader and club owner auditioning strippers on Zoom, Chris Key. As we discussed... Key is a popular figure among far-right online communities who has a history of making discredited medical claims, including urging his followers to drink their own urine in order to fight COVID, adding, I drink my own urine. Well, at least he puts his urine where his mouth is. <laughs> now, now the update. Key has decided it's his job to conduct a citizen's arrest of Democratic governors. And to do so, He's going on a cross-country road trip. Okay, everybody, got a rest stop coming up. Anybody need to use the bathroom or get a drink? Because I don't need either. <laughs> but... <laughs> it's a thinker. But the trip gets even... Oh, no. No. Can't applaud urine jokes. Thank you, though.
The trip gets even dumber because Key claims that despite operating a motor vehicle, he doesn't need a driver's license because, quote, I travel. You only drive if you are committing commerce. Well, I don't know about commerce, but he should definitely be committed somewhere. <laughs> Speaking of quacks, TV charlatan and mysterious widower putting the moves on your rich mom, Dr. Oz. <laughs> the doc is running for the Republican nomination for Senate in Pennsylvania, and he's been trying to drum up GOP support, and it is not going well. In a recent straw poll of state Republican committee members, he received just one vote out of more than 100 cast, and then this weekend, he underperformed expectations again, finishing third in one straw poll and fourth in another. So, the guy who peddled fake weight loss products like green coffee bean extract and hot pepper jelly has finally found the one product so fraudulent even he can't sell it. Him. <laughs> Why? Why? There's a long walk, but a beautiful view. Beautiful view. Why is Dr. Oz losing so badly? Experts say it might have something to do with his tenuous connection to Pennsylvania adding that he was a longtime resident of New Jersey and voted there as recently as 2020. Well, that explains his campaign slogan, Dr. Oz for New Jersey, I mean Pennsylvania. <laughs> Dr. Oz, Dr. Oz, I see your problem and I think I can help with Dr. Stephen T. Colbert's raspberry turmeric ketone miracle pole boost supplement. <laughs> it makes you more likable and electable while reducing belly fat. All for one low payment of, give me all your money. <laughs> now, I will warn you, uh, this is the pill. <laughs> it's big. But Dr. Oz, you can stick it up your ass. <laughs> we got a great show for you tonight. My guests are Marley Matten and Station 11 star Mackenzie Davis. And when we come back, meanwhile, John, you know, the, the word is it's still, it's still a chance that we're going to get dumped on, right, tomorrow? Yeah. It being Friday, tomorrow being Saturday. Saturday's when the storm is supposed to be here. The psych... What's it called? A bomb cyclone? Mm, bomb yeah, cyclone? Bomb cyclone. Now, I'm from South Carolina. Yeah. I think twice in my childhood there was snow. Oh, my goodness. And so I took, took a little adjusting for me. You're from New Orleans. Yeah. Did you have any... Do, how do you do in snow, by the way? I, I, I love to look at it. I don't like to be in it. <laughs> we didn't have snow when I was growing up. Ever, not a flake. Not a single one. The first time I saw snow was when I came to New York City. And I didn't have a winter coat. How old are you? I was 17. Uh-huh. That was the first time I saw snow in my life. Wow. And there's no preparing anybody for it? No, no, no. It's magical, but it's cold, and then you get tired of it real quick. <laughs> John, uh, Oscar winner Marley Matlin is here, and Mackenzie Davis yes. from Station Eleven. Folks, if you watch the show, and I hope you do, I spent a lot of time right over there, tirelessly studying the lineage of the day's most important thoroughbred stories and Holsteiner headlines, working with the best trainers money can buy to rear their comedy offspring with a hand that is stern yet gentle into the triple crown winning equine specimen. <laughs> That is my nightly monologue, but sometimes, sometimes, folks, I break into an unincorporated veterinary genetics lab and grab whatever test tubes I can find, and then, under a grow light I got from a discarded Chia pet, 
I mixed the pilfered DNA of a horse and whatever was in a tube labeled Keith Colon Extra. <laughs> Slurring the concoction with caffeine pills and a microwaved Red Bull, I screamed, sing a prayer to Janice, initiator of human life and god of transformation, as a half-horse, half-man freak seizes to life before me in the hideous collection of loose animal parts and corrupted man tissue that is my segment. You know, it's worth it every time. It is the worth trip is worth it every time for this this golden treasure. Meanwhile, as the pandemic continues to drive up costs, we're getting word that Oscar Mayer hot dogs and Velveeta cheese will get more expensive. Good lord, if this continues, it might eventually raise the price of food. <laughs> meanwhile. Meanwhile. In an amazing new breakthrough, a frog's missing leg was regrown with a chemical cocktail that was applied to clawed frogs. You realize what this means. Clearly, they've created frog wolverine. <laughs> now they can finally assemble a team of frog X-Men to band together at their secret pond in upstate New York and at last bring the fight to their nemesis, Frognito. <laughs> I love science. I just love science. Meanwhile, in breaking juice news, Simply Brand Lemonade is becoming a boozy beverage. Congrats to the team behind the recipe, every single high school junior. <laughs> Meanwhile, this one's for all my sexy multi-cell organisms out there. After digging around in the Siberian permafrost, a 24,000-year-old animal has been found alive, well, and ready to reproduce. Scientists were alerted to the development when the organism changed its Facebook status to out of the ground and looking to pound. <laughs> the... the organism had been frozen in the ground for almost 25,000 years, but was captured on video alive and moving. Take a look. It's a deloid rotifer a species which still exists today, although today they are much bigger and seen mostly outside of car dealerships. <laughs> Meanwhile, due to Omicron, White Castle has canceled their annual tradition of fine dining on Valentine's Day. <laughs> I know, now normally at White Castle, fine dining is getting through lunch without witnessing rats betting on a raccoon fight, but <laughs> this Valentine's Day, the restaurant will pivot, changing gears to a to-go celebration offering a very pink love cube meal box, which includes eight cheese sliders, two small soft drinks, and a choice of two shareable sides. Cost of the meal, about $15, but the look on that special someone's face as they decide to leave you, <laughs> priceless. Coming up, Marley Matlin. Ladies and gentlemen, my first guest this Friday night is an Academy Award-winning actress and author you've seen in Children of a Lesser God, The L Word, and The West Wing. She now stars in the film Coda. Oh, here we go. She won the Yankee Miss Pageant. Mm-hmm. 
Please welcome Marley Matlin. Hello. Hi there. Welcome, welcome to you. Uh, welcome to your interpreter, Jack. Jack, thanks so much for being Thank here. Thank you. Um, it's so nice to finally interview you. It's about time I have been waiting and waiting and waiting <laughs> and waiting. Thank you for having me. Well, it's our pleasure. This year is the 35th anniversary of you winning your Oscar oh, for God. Children of a Lesser God. <laughs> there you are. Have a shot right there. Very good. Thank you. You were not only the first deaf actor to win uh, an Oscar, but also the youngest at age 21, which is pretty. You, it might look <laughs> fantastic. You look fantastic. <laughs> Don't change a thing, kid. So, what was it like? You're 21 years old. Um, this is your first big movie. You hit it out of the park. Were you starstruck? Like, who were you rubbing elbows with at age 21 at the Oscars? It, you know, I mean, 35 years ago, so I have to sort of reach back into my memory banks. I remember being stunned seeing all, I mean, I'm in the business for the first time. Everyone that's out there, I mean, I'm just a regular girl from Chicago. I was watching television and movies as a kid growing up, looking at all these movie stars, and on Oscar night, and I won. And then I go to this place called Spago's. It's the place that everybody went to for the after parties. And I will never forget that I met Elizabeth Taylor. Wow. And I mean, like, come on, Elizabeth Taylor. And I was so in awe of her, and she was so sweet and lovely. And then I started analyzing everything about her lips and her hair that was so perfect. It didn't even move, her hair never even moved an inch. Oh. I, really, she was perfect. She was perfect. Oh. And you actually, as I, as I showed before, you look pretty perfect yourself that night. It's, a, it's very beautiful. But no. But that's that's the setup. That's the setup to the rest of this. What I love Someone is a lot of Someone paid you to say that. <laughs> yes. What the thing is that so many people engaged in fun activities during COVID. You did uh, a pretty cool one here. You got back in to your dress from 35 years ago. That that's a risky thing to try. That hey, is risky. I mean. We had, to, I mean, I had to. I mean, listen, I was, I, I put it on. I was like, what? It still fits after four kids. I mean, why not? Okay, fine. I'll take it. And right. so I did. And it's, I mean, it's during the pandemic, it was really tough. I mean, it was devastating. I needed a little humor to lighten up the day, so I decided to put it on. I definitely still fit into the clothes I had when I was 21. I am not <laughs> jealous at all. Okay, uh, one I want to see a picture. <laughs> well, <laughs> later. Now, wait, 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 wait. Did he just sign? Did I? You said later. Yeah, I said later. Well, what's up with that? Wait, Jack, we don't need you, Jack. Okay, fine. I'm out. Later and thank you, and that's all I've got. What, this? Yeah. It was very handy in meetings. If someone wants to interrupt, you go. I'm very impressed. You are easily impressed. Thank you. Thank you very much. Now, one of your most beloved roles was the, the pollster Joey Lucas on the West Wing. And loved, loved the performance. And, and I'm a huge fan of that show. I've been lucky enough to interview a ton of those cast members. But the thing that I know is that they, I know that they played tricks on each other all the time, to like almost a cruel level to each other. I mean, a lot of people do that, on, um, but they were famous for it. Were you a victim of that or were you a perpetrator? 
No, I, I mean, being on the show for seven years in the West Wing, unfortunately, no one played a prank on me. I never got a prank. Never? Never. But, but I finally met Josh Molina, who was sure, on sure. the West Wing, and we never had any scenes together on the show, but I knew that he was well known for playing pranks on people, pulling off pranks on, on the show all the time. So I met with him for his podcast. For sure, they do a podcast where they bring like uh, fans and other cast members yeah, coming exactly. to talk about the show. Yeah, exactly. And so I thought, you know what, I want to play a prank on him, just for the fun of it, because we never met. So I said, let's break the ice and use a prank. So I met him, and he was very nervous. And I walked in, and he was ready, and I saw these microphones that he had set up. I said, I don't need a microphone. I'm deaf. You know, it's fine. <laughs> so I said, I threw the microphone. I threw my purse down on the floor. I was pissed off. I said, I don't need a microphone. And I yelled at Jack, and I said, why are we doing this? I don't need this. And he was standing there watching Jack and I fight, like a seven-year-old ready to cry. And then I was just playing a prank on him, and then he was really pissed off because I was offended by the microphone. At least I played it that way. So I told Jack, walk out, walk out. Jack goes, I'm leaving. I'm gone. So he walks out, and I said, let's go ahead with the interview now. We can do fine without Jack, without, the, without an interpreter. We don't need any worries about that. And he started to cry. I mean, he was, he was, he was mortified. And then I said, gotcha. He said, you know, karma's a bitch. True. True. I'm scared. <laughs> no, I, I mean, understand. I, I, is it OK to say bitch on TV? It's OK? I'm not supposed to swear? You, you can say bitch on TV. You can say bitch on CBS, right? So, no, but leave it there. Don't get all warmed up on me now. Okay. Because they'll blur your hands. Would they, hey, would they blur her hands if she said bad words with her hands? Why don't we find out? You. <laughs> that felt great. Are you there? Two legs. See the legs. Hey. The legs. <laughs> you know, in Children of a Lesser Guy, when they were promoting the movie on television about the film and they showed clips, there's a scene where, um, I mean, they, I mean, you know, they'll show, uh, there's a scene where I was standing and I said, F you, at the beach. I said it to him. And they kept showing the clip on TV all the time. And I thought, for a month, as they were promoting the movie, they kept showing the same scene on TV over and over again. And then finally, somebody clued them in about what was happening on the screen. <laughs> We have to take a quick break, but stick around. When we come back, I'll ask Marley about her new movie, Coda. Now you're starring in the film Coda. What is it about, and, and what does that title mean? So Coda stands for Child of Deaf Adult which means that I'm a mother and all my kids are hearing, so they are CODAs. Mm. So I'm the deaf adult. Uh, and the movie, who, who's seen it? Who's seen the movie, by the way? Anybody have a chance to see it? Okay. One, two, three. <laughs> anyway. Um, uh, so it's about a family of four who happen to be deaf. One, well, one is not deaf. And they are living in a small little town and going about their business, fishing, and relying on their daughter, who is hearing, to interpret for them. And then one day, she comes in and says, I have an interest in something, and it is singing. And that's not part of their lives, clearly, as deaf people. So they are sort of thrown for a loop. And then it's about the journey through the film, about how their family changes and what they 
eventually, uh, the ending is good. I just got to say, the ending is good. No, and no, it was very important to you. There was some, some I think, discussion about whether it would be all uh, hearing impaired or deaf actors actually playing the parts of, of the deaf characters. And I know it was very important for you for, the, for those parts to be played by deaf actors. Um, it, it might be self-evident that, why that's important, but I, I'd love to hear from you. Why is that such an important thing to have deaf representation in movies? Being in the entertainment business for 35 years, and having the opportunity to do lots of work, and, and I've been very fortunate, it didn't come easy. I had to you know, reach out, get creative, get work for myself, because I'm deaf. And not everyone was say, oh, hey, it's great. Let's put her in. Let's, let's hire Marley. And, and I struggled, and I got more and more work, and I had to hustle. And, and again, I don't want to sound like I'm complaining. Maybe a little bit. Uh, anyway. Um, <laughs> Well, what can you do? Uh, so now, when I heard that they were casting, or the studio was thinking of putting a hearing actor in the role, who had a name or a box office in this role, and I said, you know what? All these years of, of deaf actors being dismissed and people playing deaf, I thought, you know what? It's time. We got to stop. I can't let this happen any longer. And I was a little bit nervous because I had to speak up, not only for myself, but for all deaf actors out there, deaf directors, deaf writers, whoever it is is working and looking for work as talented as anyone else is in the business. So that's what I did, and I put my foot down, and I'm thrilled that Coda made a lot of noise, and we've gotten a lot of respect, and I have to say that you cannot just put on a costume and be deaf like you do, uh, and take it off at the end of the day. I think studios who now see the film Coda can understand, well, look, deaf actors are great, fine. And not to just use them, you know, like, oh, we're putting them in the background and let's just check off that box. Hopefully they can just continue what we did with Coda for many years to come. Well, hopefully so. The nice thing is, the, the, the nice thing is, is that the cast was recently nominated uh, for the SAG Award for Best Ensemble. Which is, which is a lovely, lovely honor. And I'm just curious, what does that mean? Well, it, mean, it means the world to me. It means the world to me because, I'm sorry to interrupt. No, um, it's all right. I mean, it means the world to me because uh, these are people who are our peers who are voting for us and they're our you know, friends and, and, and I think it's a big deal. The fact that they, that they recognize us as deaf actors is just, it's a long time coming. It's about time. It's that kind of recognition that we wanted. And, uh, yeah, I hopefully uh, we'll be able to take home a statue. <laughs> yeah. Now, your character uh, in Coda, Jackie, is a mother to a teenager. You've raised teenagers. Were you a, were you, I know, I know, it's difficult. I've raised teenagers too. But were you a difficult teenager? Were you, were you rebellious? <laughs> well, my parents are no longer alive. Uh, but they're up there laughing right now at your question. I mean, <laughs> I, I, they, they put up they a lot are. with me. Oh, they yeah. are. They're laughing right now. Uh, there are so many stories that happened to me when I uh, thought to myself to kids. I mean, when my kids are obnoxious, and I love my kids. Don't misunderstand me. I love you, kids. Okay. Um, I remember when I was a teenager, one time, I mean, I would always play the deaf card. That's what I did. No pagers, no cell phones, nothing, okay? So I would call my dad with two minutes before my curfew was supposed to end. And I said, Dad, hi, Mom, Dad. Oh, I ran out of gas. I'll be home whenever I can get home. Okay, fine, click. 
they couldn't respond because I couldn't hear them and I, they, I didn't speak, so that. So if they said, no, you have to come home now, you could say, I didn't hear you. Yeah, I, that, that's it, hung up the phone. I'll be home like four hours later, four o'clock in the morning. Did they buy that? Uh, yes and no. That, but then they eventually just, they just gave up. I mean, I'm the baby of the family, so I got away with a lot of stuff. <laughs> Marla, it was lovely to meet you. Thank you so much for being here. Up next, Mackenzie Davis. My next guest this evening is an actress you know from Halt and Catch Fire, Black Mirror, and Tully. You can currently see her in Station Eleven. Elizabeth said that if we stay here, then she'll give us houses. And, and look, we've got bathrooms. What they said was we could stay for the winter until Sarah recovers. And is that what you want? I haven't had a sewing machine, ever. Elizabeth got me one. Right, yeah. Sorry, who the f is Elizabeth? Elizabeth Colton. She was a movie star from before? Yes, I know who she was. Hey, wasn't she married to Arthur Leander? Oh. Holy Please welcome Mackenzie Davis. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Now, uh, <laughs> Station Eleven uh -huh. is—it's uh, about the aftermath of a, of a global pandemic in which 99% of the population is wiped out and civilization falls. Mm -hmm. Are you at all surprised <laughs> that now of all times people just love it? It is like you know, required viewing. Everyone is talking about it, and and also talking about it with a sense of. Uh, well, the beauty of it and the hope of it and, 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 and for people not to be afraid to watch it just because we happen to be going through this. Yeah. I mean, uh, I am surprised. We also released it right as the surge of Omicron came rearing around the corner. So um, I don't think any of us expected people to want to tuck in with it over Christmas. But it's been this, like, really lovely, joyful thing to see people attracted to it. It's, um, it's a very hopeful show. But, uh, yeah, as you said, the premise is tough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, scare, it, it, it scares some people away. Yeah, You know, yeah. So people are like, ah, I can't watch that right now. What would you say to those people? I'd say just watch it anyways, please. <laughs> That's a soft sell. That's called yeah, a soft sell. Yeah, I'm Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> Canadian. If it's okay, if you watch it anyways, you might like it. <laughs> now, you guys actually started shooting this, was it January of 2020? Mm -hmm. Okay, so you had to you had to hear the news that there was actually a a burgeoning pandemic going on. Yeah, but I mean, I think everybody at that time was like, well, I mean, sure, it's, it's not going to cross the Atlantic. Like, how would it get <laughs> there's here? No... <laughs> yeah, there's no what it's going to fly. So mm. I don't. So there when, was no. Sense. When did it become clear? Because you guys had to shut down, right? We were naturally shutting down because it kind of takes place in winter and the summer, so we were supposed to go back in May. So they finished filming end of February, world shut down. We also did shut down. And then, uh, and then we resumed January this year. So, no, last year. Well, 2021, exactly. So um, first of all, under strict COVID conditions, yeah. no doubt. Are we shooting that here or up in Canada? We were shooting in Toronto. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, 
Well, what is it like to be shooting in a pandemic about a pandemic? So. It was a bummer. <laughs> it's like really. Was it like a bonding for you guys, for the the cast and crew? And... It was. I mean, I think we all really went through something together. But uh, because to make a show of this size with this many people, you know, not being able to leave your house, but then going and being around 150 people every day, you had to be really isolated when you weren't at work. And so it was this weird like pantomime of a worse version of isolation than the one that we'd been through the year before. It was sort of a. It was strange, but we all really went through something together. And then summer came, and it was this like big ecstatic thing where we got to be outside and together again. It was really nice. Could you could you like cut loose in the summer? With up, up in Canada, were things like open? Was you guys have no, no COVID summer? But we like could we just tried down here. See, no, 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 no. But I watched that with wow, a salivating mouth. Just south of the yeah, border. Just south of the border. Hot girl summer was happening, and it was still <laughs> cold Canadian winter up north. Your character, Kirsten. Um, is uh, very good with a knife. Mm -hmm. There she is. There you go. Did you, um, now, did you, you learn to throw a knife and all that good stuff? Was that hard for you to learn? Um, and did you have any experience with it before? I had no experience with it before. It was, it was hard to learn, but then, well, I've heard you throw knives. Well, I learned from a guy, I grew up in South Carolina, I learned from a guy down the street named Gator. Oh. He taught me, <laughs> when I was a boy, he, taught me, he, ta he taught me how to, to throw a knife. He could split George Washington's eye at a dollar bill, oh, 10 wow. places like that. Could he yeah. do it cool? Because my experience is that you can throw a knife accurately, which is like, like it's very, you're on a pendulum and you, it sure. doesn't look good, or you can throw it cool and it won't be accurate. Show me, show, show me not cool, but accurate. Huh? And show me cool. <laughs> yeah. It just goes. No, no it's, not, it's actually yeah. not cool. So we actually have a clip of you here training. This is my gator. Okay, so this this is you learning right here. Oh, excuse me. That's a good feeling. That's a, it's a good feeling that it sinks, right? I know, it feels really good. <laughs> you could protect your family. And I would. <laughs> yeah, that's why my dad built Shakespeare, Shakespeare plays a really important role mm -hmm. in this. You actually get to play Hamlet. I do, yeah. In this. And uh, did, you, did you have much Shakespeare experience before you did this part? Just from, I mean, I went to university for, for English Lit and, you know, went oh. to theater school. So I have, like, sure. been reading Shakespeare my whole life. Yep. But I'd, I'd never performed it until now. And it was such a, such a dream. It was really lovely. Do you have a favorite, like, now that you've done a bit of it? Or even from your, like, English Lit days, do you have a favorite bit of Shakespeare? I, well, I wasn't that familiar with Hamlet. I mean, I'd read it, but I hadn't, like, really, really studied it until sure. now. And I, I fell deeply in love with that. Love Polonius. What a kook. Um, sure. Will not shut up. Yeah. And just getting his sticky little paws <laughs> and everything. Um, and then I, uh, I love um, this line from Romeo and Juliet. The, um, when Juliet talks about if she could have, if Romeo kill him and then I'll cut him up in little stars and put him in the night sky and it's just such like a violent horny sort of <laughs> thing like it's so like it's really teen stuff I love it That's a character description of Juliet I've never heard Yeah violent comma horny comma teen yeah. Sure comma teen yeah. exactly well it does yeah. does not end well I got to say yeah. Mackenzie it was lovely to meet you thank you, you for too. coming here thanks for having and thanks me. for station 11 thank you very much. Good luck with the knives thank you. Station 11 can be streamed now on HBO Max.
Mackenzie Davis, everybody. This has been The Late Show Poncho with Stephen Colbert. If you're enjoying The Late Show Pod Show, leave us a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Watch The Late Show with Stephen Colbert weeknights at 11.35, 10.35 Central on CBS and Paramount+. And for more exclusive Late Show content, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and subscribe to The Late Show on YouTube.